0: your host, Doug Berg, and welcome to Berg's Brain, a storytelling comedy show that will hopefully make you laugh, make you think, and make you want more. For this episode, I'm going to take a slightly different approach. See, after recording nine hour-long episodes over the last 18 months or so, I needed a break. So I took one, from writing and performing over the holidays and New Year's to, you know, recharge the batteries and kind of reflect on what I've been doing for the last 18 months with Berg's Brain. And it was I say while taking that break, that I revisited my first and early jokes from over 30 years ago when I made my debut stand-up appearance in the spring of 1989 at a great open mic spot in downtown Sacramento called The Metro. Now, on a future Berg's Brain, I'm going to tell you the whole story of how I got started, my journey to the Berg's Brain idea and podcast, how I found my voice in long-form comedic tangential riffs, but today I'm going to share the short version to shed a little light on what I'm calling Berg's Brain Bits. See, I was in law school in 1989. It was the spring, and my buddy Bill Weisberg and I, we were pretty much done. We were, you know, waiting to study for the bar. We'd taken all of our majors, and there's no, nothing really to do except just kind of hang around and party. So that spring, we decide to go on a dead tour. The spring dead tour of 1989, starting in Ann Arbor Mission, Michigan on April 5th. So we're gone for like three weeks. Come back. No one even knew we were gone, and I walk into class the first day, and I see this first-year student who I'd never met in my life. He comes up to me and says, hey, we're thinking about doing a talent show, and, you know, it's kind of funny. you got a reputation. Would you mind emceeing the show, or would you want to? I think my response was, is there going to be alcohol? He said, yeah, we'll, we'll get you all the alcohol you want. So I'm like, okay, sign me up. So, you know, I write some topical law school stuff, and, Whatever. I guess I don't even really remember it. It was kind of an out-of-body experience. But I guess I did pretty well because after the show, a couple of parents came up to me. And I guess their kids were in law school. And they said, you yeah, you're pretty funny. You got some good style up there. You ought to think about stand-up comedy. I was like, wow. <laughs> yeah, whatever. No, not even a thought that I was going to do that. So they have this place. They said they, this place called The Metro, which is in downtown Sacramento. And they said Wednesday nights, you should just go down and check it out. So, I decided to go down, watch a couple up, you know, a couple weeks. I'm like, okay, you know, open mic, some good, some bad. Eh, Maybe I could do this. And the real reason I decided to do it was because I figured I'm going to be an attorney someday. I'm going to be in court. And in all honesty, I wasn't super comfortable getting up in front of people and talking, just like a lot of people. You know, there's that famous public speaking is ranked you know, like the most scariest things. It's the fear of that is number one versus death, I think, which is four. So obviously it's real, but I thought, what the heck? I'm going to go down and try this out. And I'll never forget. I go back, I write some stuff and maybe, you know, a month later you sign up. And of course you're the new guy. So they put you on it, you know, two in the morning. There's like five drug people in the comics waiting around in the back and they introduced me, and I went by my middle name. was my last name, Doug Elliott. And I go on the stage. I mean, talk about surreal. I'm nervous. I'm probably sweating. I don't know even what I said. Somehow I get through it. I come off the stage. And, you know, the guys in the back who typically, you know, as we all know, and I've seen in, in many situations, they can be pretty tough on comics. But these guys are actually pretty nice and pretty friendly. They said, you know what? You got some good stuff. Work on it. Come back. We'll put you up again. So... I did that and I started doing comedy and I performed for about five years from 1989 to 1994. Now, the point of that is the first jokes that I did were influenced probably like a lot of people by a couple kind of classic comedians at that time. Of course, Jerry Seinfeld was and still is probably, you know, the top level of an observational comic. Uh, just amazing what his his delivery, his style, his wording, his language. And then there was this bizarre, unique character, Stephen Wright. And some of you probably have seen him. Some of you haven't. If you haven't seen him, check him out. Go either see him, he still may be performing, or you know, check out some of his videos because it was really, really unique. So as I look back on all of my stuff, now I'm reviewing all these things and I was like, wow, this is a lot different. It's tighter. It's kind of one thought, one joke, one observation versus the present Berg's brain stories with all these tangents and rooms, the room to flow, obviously. So it was really really interesting to 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 go back, look at all these things and I really gained an appreciation for that writing style that critical each word, each pause, each tagline was really something that you had to focus on when you're writing and performing one-line jokes basically. You know, there's definitely like a a certain discipline to it that you know that maybe doesn't quite exist in the long form, but I really try in the long form to still be funny throughout, you know, the the riffs and things like that. Now, kinda of one thing to call out. Many of the jokes that I that I, I'm gonna perform uh, on this episode, uh, most of them are in their their original form, but some of them obviously are probably a bit dated. I mean these are you know thirty years old so probably they changed some of the language, some of the wording, and there might have been a couple that might have been a little bit PC, incorrect back in the day. And you know look, that was a different time and no no excuses, we have to be sensitive to people, but I also kinda you know kinda miss a little of that edgy stand-up comedian freedom to say what you want to say and anyway uh, so there might be I might have left a couple in here that I might try to perform as well just just to throw them out there just so you could see what I was thinking you know some 30 years ago so this will be the first edition of what I call Berg's Brain Bits and I'll definitely probably include a few of these inner mingled or interspersed uh, with some of the regular Berg's Brain episodes. Um, but anyway, it's it was a really interesting journey down memory lane to look back, look at all these early jokes, all these you know, beginnings, and I think you'll get a kick out of it, and hopefully you'll uh, enjoy this old-school Berg's Brain approach and Berg's Brain bits. So, as always, jump aboard the train, get a little insane, getting inside Berg's Brain. I grew up in the Midwest and lived on a farm. Our neighbors thought we were weird because we raised boneless chickens. After school, we used to get stoned and bust up, watching them attempt to lay eggs. And my dad was heavily into organics, so our boneless chickens were also free-range, although the range of a boneless chicken is about a foot and a half. And during my entire childhood on that farm, not one of our chickens ever made it across the road to the other side. In addition to the farm, my dad owned a gas station. And the cool thing about having a dad who the the gas station was that back at our house, he never made us clean our bathrooms either. The other thing was, every time we had to use the bathroom, we had to find him and ask him for the damn key, which is always stuck to a large block of wood or an oversized soup ladle. And I'd say, Dad, I'm not going to steal the key. I live here. So I wasn't a great student in middle school. One day, my history teacher asked me when the War of 1812 was fought. And before answering, I remembered it was one of those trick questions, and I wasn't about to let her make a fool of me in front of the class, so I proudly stood and said, the War of 1812 is obviously fought in the daytime because they didn't have electricity back then. While I wasn't a great history student, I loved science. And for my high school science project, I wrapped aluminum foil around the antennas of insects to see if they could get better reception. The following year, I took it one step further and taped a bent coat hanger to the sides of their heads. The coat hangers didn't help with reception as much as the foil, but I was able to use a grasshopper to break in when I locked my keys in my car. For another high school science project, I sliced a bookworm in half to see if both parts would continue studying. The other day, I accidentally locked my keys in my bedroom closet. I couldn't open the door because all my coat hangers were in there. Sure wish I had kept a few of those science project grasshoppers. Growing up, I loved magic. My dream was to become a magician. I was forced to give it up because I was never able to perfect that sawing the person in a half trick. Looking back on it, wondering if it might have been because I kept sawing them in half lengthwise. Spice up our sex life. I installed a mirror over our bed. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of installing one of those fun house mirrors. And the mirror put me in a predicament when my wife was on top of me the other night and asked me that age-old question. Every woman at one point asks her man, and you better answer correctly, does this mirror make my ass look big? Big? No, honey, not at all. I mean the mirror makes your ass look a bit wobbly, well cushioned and out of proportion, but big, no, not in the least. My uncle Phil wasn't the smartest tool in the shed. When I was thirteen he got arrested for counterfeiting, but he wasn't counterfeiting tens and twenties, he was counterfeiting change. Specifically pennies. They caught him because he made the mistake of putting Lincoln's head on one side of the penny and Lincoln's ass on the other. Here's another example of how dumb my uncle is. He once asked me, how often do you take one-a-day vitamins? I said, how should I know? I'm not a doctor, you moron. Then he asked me if I knew anything about cooking. I said, why? And he said, because I'm wondering how long it takes to cook minute rice. I said, if there was a product called minute rice, then I'm guessing about a minute. But you must be referring to minute rice, you moron. I was recently in Mexico, and while I was there, I went to a casino. Their casinos are very much like our casinos, except at the craps table, they use those big fuzzy dice. Come on, siete. A lot of our neighbors think my dad's weird because he replaced the grass on our lawn with AstroTurf. I think he's weird because he still mows it twice a month. My eyesight's getting so bad. I recently had my car windshields fitted with the same prescription for my glasses. Not only does it improve my driving, but it's a great way to catch anyone attempting to steal my car as they have to drive with their head out this driver's side window to see. I got stopped the other day for driving by myself in one of those carpool lanes. Thinking quickly, I tried to get out of ticket by telling the cop I had multiple personalities disorder. I told him at this very moment there were actually three other people in the car with me. Well, he smiled and proceeded to write me four fucking tickets. So he hands me the tickets and the fine was $1,000. I said, isn't that a bit excessive for a carpool lane violation? And he said, carpool line violations, 400 bucks. The additional 600 is for the three passengers not wearing their seatbelts. So I jumped back on the freeway and I saw a semi-truck. And I thought back to when you were a kid and you tried to get the driver to honk his horn by doing that pull-down with your fist motion thing. Well, I hadn't done that in a few years. And so I came up upon the driver. I smiled, did the arm pull-down motion? He smiled, gave me the finger and slammed me into the guard rail. And as I was spinning out of my second 360, I did hear him honk his horn. So I guess that is still the correct truck driver honk your horn sign. Thank goodness for childhood memories. I remember a few years ago when I turned 40, and I was at that in-between age. You know that age where you still get acne, but you're starting to get arthritis. So I was still getting zits, but I didn't have enough strength in my hands to pop them. I was using Clarasil every morning and Percocet at night and some bizarre acne narcotic speedball. My parents and I get along great now, but there were a few times growing up when I wasn't sure my parents really liked me all that much. For instance, on my second birthday, they gave me a quick sandbox, when all the while I had my heart set on a slow sandbox. My cousin Sally has an anti Sybil personality disorder. Unlike the famous patient Sybil, who had 16 multiple personalities, my cousin Sally doesn't have any. I recently took a job that required mandatory drug testing. I got in bright and early on the first day and asked my boss which drugs he wanted me to start testing. In college, my roommate was a Coke dealer. When we partied, he didn't lay out lines. He laid out entire paragraphs. On one memorable occasion, we started an entire PhD thesis. And that was a period when I lost a lot of weight. My girlfriend at the time was on the Jenny Craig diet. I was on the Jenny Crank plan. I lost 47 pounds in one night. I used to work in advertising, but I got fired because my ideas were thought to be a little too risqué. You might have seen one I did a while back for Xlax that went Xlax for people who just couldn't give a shit. Things are going pretty well for me now. So I went out and splurged bought a new sports car. Got one of those previously owned smart cars. Turbo model. This baby goes from zero to 60 only when I'm being towed. And since I got the turbo model to deal through and a few extras. One of those being a passenger side view mirror. Except this one had written on it, objects in mirror are laughing at you. And as part of the sale, the dealer also threw in a new mobile phone. Only this model was a string attached to two tin cans. With this crappy phone, my calling radius is one car over, if the driver decides to catch the other can. I was playing basketball at the gym last night. Took a hard pass to my finger, jammed it so bad I dislocated it. Well, by the time I got home, my finger had swelled to three or four times its normal size. My girlfriend got home a few minutes later and I showed her the injury, figured I'd get a little sympathy, but she took one look at my finger and said, Honey, next time, maybe have someone throw the ball a bit lower so it dislocates your dick. My girlfriend recently gave up smoking, and since she quit, she claims to have these incredible oral fixations. I came home yesterday and there was a semi-truck unloading 200 cases of Lifesavers and two pallets of Nicorette gum into her garage. The amazing thing is that even though she has this incredible oral fixation, I still can't get her to give me head... And her response is, well, I don't smoke Virginia Slims. Why do we say cheese when we take pictures? Was the camera invented in Wisconsin? And is cheese a universal thing to say? Or do we just say that in America? I mean, in France, do they say fromage? I have no luck with women. I called one of those sex hotline numbers the other night, and the girl told me we should start calling other people. How come when I'm in the shower and my wife flushes the toilet, I'm instantly hit in the face with scalding hot water. We can send men to the moon, but we can't figure out indoor plumbing. And what bothers me is that why doesn't it work in reverse? How come when she's on the toilet and I turn on the hot water in the shower, a giant oval ice cube doesn't form under her ass? One of my favorite TV shows of all time is Columbo, with Peter Falk playing the bumbling, stumbling, irritating LAPD detective. Did you know if Columbo started hanging around me and asking me questions? I'd turn myself in, even if I wasn't guilty. Because you know if he starts hanging around you, looking in his raincoat pocket for his pencil, telling you what a big fan Mrs. Columbo is of you, and he's leaving your house, turns and says, just one more thing, you're a goner. And he's got you. It's just a matter of time. So why deal with the relentless irritation until you finally get nailed? I mean, I'd rather be in jail taking it up the ass than to deal with this pain in the ass for a few more weeks. Who can forget when Neil Armstrong stepped on the moon and said those immortal words? That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. Contrary to folklore, those weren't Neil's first words. NASA had an eight-second delay feature, so no one heard his iconic first words. Thank God we're here, because I've had to pee for the last 238,900 fucking miles. Being on a tight budget, I eat a lot of spaghetti. And though I eat it three or four times a week, I always end up making a hundred times more than I need. If you happen to forget stirring it, you wind up with this umbilical cord of starch. And to test if spaghetti's done, the tried and true method, even of top notch chefs, is to throw a strand against the wall and see if it sticks so it's done. And not being much of a cook, I thought you were supposed to do this with all your food. So the other night I made baked potatoes and fired one not so quite done spud into my apartment wall. Jeez, I never knew my neighbor in two B had cable. I saw a recent news story about a blind man who was attempting to sail around the world. Well, I think it's great, and I support disabled people challenging themselves at all levels, if I was a member of his family, I'd be too worried. So I'd just tie his boat to the dock with a few hundred yards of rope, reel him in in a few years, and tell him that he'd made it. How's he going to know? Remember the story of Hansel and Gretel? And to avoid getting lost in the woods, they left a trail of breadcrumbs? Just how smart were these kids? Did they really think leaving breadcrumbs in the woods would work? Like the crumbs wouldn't get eaten by wild animals? Hey kids, sorry to break the news, but the breadcrumbs on your path back home ain't going to be there. So instead of looking for breadcrumbs, you might want to keep an eye out for a bunch of overweight squirrels strewn along the path. The other day I bought a new button-down dress shirt. The shirt cost $40. I fear that breaks down to $1 for the material and $39 for all the goddamn pins that hold the shirt together in the package. It's like the shirt's undergoing acupuncture treatment to prevent it from forming wrinkles and creases. You ever go into a hotel, bathroom, or a bathroom at a friend's house? Flip on the light switch and a fan goes on and a heat lamp? Oh, great. Just what I've always wanted. Getting a windblown tan while taking a shit. Sure, it feels great when you get out of the shower, but I wasn't planning on applying sunblock as soon as I got out. I was heading to the beach last week, so I bought a tube of sunblock with an SPF level of 100. What that means is you can sit in the sun for 100 hours, but it'll only be like you sat there for an hour. Seemed a bit excessive, but I bought a tube, got to the beach, it on some, and in a second it started snowing, and that was followed by an eclipse of the sun. The entire beach went dark. People were pissed. Made me think of how far we've come and the advancements we made in sun protection. Because when I was growing up, the only, only sunblock level we had was called shade. After my hairdresser cuts my hair, she gives me a small mirror so I can see how the back looks. I can never figure out how in the hell to look in that mirror so it hits the big front mirror so I can see the back. Every time I turn the handheld mirror, it shoots reflections off my mirror into the big mirror that reflects out the window, blinding drivers on the street. And why do I need to see the back of my head anyway? I never look at the back of my head. The only time I look at the back of my head is when I get my hair cut again. Hell, the stylist could shave satanic messages in the back and I wouldn't care or know. We didn't have a lot of money when I was growing up. I remember when my friend's tooth fell out, the tooth fairy brought him a few bucks, so I intentionally knocked out a tooth, placed it under my pillow, and woke up the next day to find a tube of crazy glue with a note saying, Use sparingly. Must last for all your teeth. Signed, the tooth fairy. I like to play impractical jokes on people. One time in high school, I had some trouble sleeping, but instead of counting sheep, I tried counting bottles of beer. You know, as in that song, 99 bottles of beer on the wall, take one down, 98 bottles, and so on. Well, by the time I got the bottle 88, I was so stinking drunk I passed right out. Strange thing was, next morning my dad came in to wake me for school, saw the empty bottle strewn about the floor, and grounded me for a month. I just got back from a trip to New England. While I was there, I did some sightseeing, and one of the things I did was go to the Keebler Elf Factory tour. Fortunately, I'm not claustrophobic, because things got pretty tight inside that Keebler tree. A few years ago, I wanted to get into radio, so I applied to the Columbia School of Broadcasting. Unfortunately, I didn't get in because I flunked the emergency broadcasting test. I didn't think the question was all that hard, but they expected the answer in sixty seconds. My girlfriend is one of those snobby purebred French poodles. Like most dogs, Fifi does drink out of the toilet, but only if there's a slice of lemon in it. I bought a bottle of cotton balls that had pills in the top of the bottle to cushion the cotton below. You know how when you haven't eaten breakfast and it's nearing lunch and your stomach starts making gurgling hunger noises so loud you think other people can hear? That's never happened to me. Went to visit my dad last month and he still drives around with a compass on his dashboard. But since my dad's a substitute math teacher, he has a kind of compass with a sharp metal point and pencil. Guess that explains why every time we get lost it feels like we're going around in circles. A few months ago I went to see a guru in Antarctica to increase the power of my mind over my body. By the end of the first week, I overcame my fear and successfully walked barefoot across a path of frozen ice cubes without getting frostbite. When I was eight, the doorknob on my bedroom door was loose, but I couldn't get it off, so I tied a string around the knob, walked a few feet away, tied the other end to one of my teeth, closed my mouth quickly, and the knob popped right off. That night before bed, I put the knob under my pillow. woke up the next day to find the tooth fairy had left me a gift certificate to Ace Hardware. When I was nine, we moved from a small hick town in Ohio to an educated section of New York City. We encountered a lot of prejudices. New Yorkers thought that they were a lot smarter than us. One day I came home from school and the neighbors had burned a crossword puzzle on our front lawn. And the abuse didn't stop there because the following day they burned in all the answers. My dad was pissed, but mom calmed him down telling him the locals were probably just being neighborly as they burned in the Monday crossword. And if they were being a-holes, they would have burned in the impossible Saturday version. A few weeks ago, my uncle tried to commit suicide by locking himself in the garage with his car engine running. Fortunately for my aunt, he drives an electric car. I flew home to see my parents a few weeks ago, and I took my dog on the plane. He really enjoyed the flight, especially the part where he got to stick his head out the window. I recently started a business employing out-of-work dancers to help customers out of their cars when they arrive at high-end restaurants and hotels. It's called ballet parking. What do illiterate men do on the toilet? Clearly, they're not the ones writing or reading all the crude remarks left on the walls. My girlfriend used to work as a stripper, but she had to quit because she developed allergies to the lead and the paint. Before Edison invented the light bulb, whenever people got a brilliant idea, a lit candle formed above their head. I used to work as a cartoonist, but I quit because I got tired of always having to talk to my co workers in those dialogue bubbles. I had lunch with my vegan cousin a few days ago. And while she got some healthy veggie dish, I got a burger and fries. And of course, she had to throw in a comment, like how she could never eat that because she treats her body like a temple. I smiled, took a huge juice dripping bite and said, well, unlike you cuz, I treat my body like a fucking amusement park. And half the time, it's closed for repairs. A few months ago, I was in England. And while I was there, I got arrested for driving on the wrong side of the road. I was driving underground. Yesterday, I played a round of golf on the world's first turf golf course. First hole was a par 4, 2,200 yards long. I teed off at my putter and overshot the green by a fucking mile. I recently took my cat to the psychiatrist because she was starting to feel dependent. I said on one session, and after some word association, the doctor brought in a Dalmatian and asked my cat what the spots reminded her of. She said, they don't remind me of anything. I'm a fucking cat, so fuck off, asshole. One of my hobbies is painting, and my favorite subject is landscapes. You may have seen some of my work. Last fall, I painted all the leaves and all the trees yellow, orange, and red. I was pretty upset, but a couple months later, I went back and found that someone had defaced them by painting them brown. And then a few accepted that. Some bozo had the audacity to climb every single tree and throw all of my work on the ground. And if that wasn't enough, people started burning it. In high school band, I played the Bermuda Triangle. During one of my solos, the breast section inexplicably vanished. When I graduated from high school, I became a crop duster. I soon got a reputation as one of the best because I did each plant by hand. I was so meticulous, I even used q tips on the ears of corn. My house is haunted by fashion conscious ghosts. Last night, I saw them floating around in fitted sheets. I made the unfortunate mistake of taking a girl named Carrie to my high school prom. I I should have known something was up when I asked her where she lived, and she said on Elm Street, right next to the Krugers. And i prompted prompt her to be a real nightmare. Things got worse the next day when I had to explain to the tux rental place how all that pig blood got on my tux. Talk about a date from hell. Yesterday, I bought a box of endangered animal cookies. I took a bite out of a humpback whale and was sentenced to six months in prison. I had a sweet tooth yesterday, so I went to the candy store and picked up a Nestle's $100,000 bar and handed it to the clerk. He said, that'll be $100,000. So I handed him a million-dollar bill. He said, you got anything smaller? I said, no, I just came from the ATM. He looked into his cash register and said, sorry, but can't break a million-dollar bill right now. I said, okay, then give me eight more $100,000 bars and $100,000 in change because I'm doing laundry later. I have a dyslexic aunt who makes the most amazing desserts She's famous for her pineapple right-side-up cake. My brothers grew up in the 60s, and both of them got kicked out of school for drugs. They weren't doing enough of them. Back before streaming music, there was a time when they only had cassette tapes. I bought this one tape by a group called Head Cleaner. God, it was so boring and monotonous. One time I remember my dad coming into my room when I played it. He said, Just don't understand the music of today. You can never understand the damn words. And if you think their cassettes were bad, man, Head Cleaner live in concert sucked. If a mummy sprains an ankle, will an ace bandage really help? I got in trouble with the law on a couple of occasions when I was growing up. When I turned 17, I decided to rob a bank, so I disguised myself by wearing a stocking over my face. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of wearing a Christmas stocking. And what made it even worse was that the stocking had my name sewn across the top of it. A few years later, I kidnapped my parents and demanded money by sending a ransom note. Unfortunately, I made the mistake of sending the note on a personalized stationery with my name written across the top of it. During college, my dog and I participated in a reverse psychology experiment. Not every time Fido salivates, I ring a bell. I like the concept of daylight saving so much that I set my clock ahead 12 hours. Now it's always light at my house, and I get a lot more visitors from Scandinavia. Occasionally, I like to put on my glasses with the black and white lenses just to see what it was like to live back in the 20s and 30s. One night, I fell asleep on my Murphy bed while it was folded up back into the wall. During the night, I wrote the National Board of Cemeteries and suggested in order to save valuable land, they start burying people standing up. They wrote back and said, you're weird. Recently, I started a petition to make the letter Y always be a vowel. So I used to work in advertising, but I got fired because my ideas were thought to be a little too risqué. Oh, wait a minute. I've done that joke already, but I did it in the wrong order. Now I'm going to have to start all of these bird brain bits over from the beginning. Just kidding. On my lunch break, I hang out at gun clubs and feed ceramic birdseed to clay pigeons. What kind of logos do alligators have on their shirts? I recently got my hair cut by a barbershop quartet. They did a pretty good job, except now I've got four parts in my head. I used to work as a deer crossing guard. Most of the deer were nice, except for a couple of little spotted bastards who constantly taunted me on their bikes. We had to shoot the filming of my birth 53 times because I kept forgetting my lines. Yesterday, I went water skiing behind an ocean liner. I had a really good time, except when I fell, it took the ship three hours to turn around and pick me up. A few years ago, my dad and I built a log cabin out of Presto logs. It didn't keep us very warm, but the blue flames were kind of nice to look at. Unfortunately, it caught on fire last winter, and it did burn for up to three hours. Last night, I dreamed that I took a job as an assistant trainer for the Centipede football team. I had trouble going back to sleep, and I realized taping their ankles before every game was going to be a real bitch. I went to get a tattoo, and the tattooist was also an acupuncturist. So to get a tattoo on my arm, he stuck needles in my foot. That came out great, plus now I can breathe a hell of a lot better. The other night, I walked into one of those franchise Cheers bars you see at airports. You know the kind created after the hit TV show series, Cheers? And though I'd never been there before, everyone did know my name. When I was a kid, every time my parents had a party, I had this nightmare that I was being buried alive under hundreds of coats. I eventually realized it wasn't a nightmare when I woke up one day and found myself hung up in the closet of my dad's boss. Later that day, I drafted my will and demanded that I, when I die, I'm buried standing up. I live on one of those no-outlet streets, so all my appliances have to run on batteries. I read yesterday that Swanson's is expanding its iconic line of TV dinners and coming out with a new product called Cable TV Dinners. Supposedly there'll be a lot more choices than regular TV dinners, but you won't be able to find any meals you really like. I got arrested the other day for taking a giant scissors out to the freeway and cutting along the dotted line. I like to go Trojan horseback riding because it's full of surprises and I never have to worry about falling off. My neighbor is one of those people who leaves his Christmas lights on months after the holiday season ends. guess that isn't so bad except he also shoots off his fireworks until Thanksgiving. I had the surgery a few months ago and the anesthesia they gave me was really slow acting. The anesthesiologist put in the IV and told me to start counting backwards from 100,000. I went to an Italian restaurant yesterday and the chef made the mistake of putting the pasta and the antipasta on the same plate. It gave a whole new meaning to the term food fight. Last weekend I went to see a live performance of the top four Muzak groups. Fortunately, I'm not claustrophobic as the concert was held in a giant elevator I used to work as an animal trainer. My specialty was teaching parrots how to mime. The hardest part of the job was getting them to sit still while I rub that white grease paint on their beaks. I've killed so many houseplants that my wife says I have a gangrene thumb. The other day, I got stuck in a railroad crossing by a train made up entirely of cabooses. After every caboose passed by, I hit the gas because I thought the train was over. I think the Egyptian game show television version of the $100,000 pyramid is a lot more exciting. Someday I hope I'm good enough to have my own one-man show on Broadway, and each night I'll bring out a different guest. A few months ago, I moved into an apartment building for people with low self-esteem. Besides first and last month's rent, I had to pay a $500 insecurity deposit. A few weeks ago, I bought a television set designed by the people who invented the Etch-A-Sketch. I'm pretty happy with the picture, except whenever I want to change the channel, i got to get up and shake the set. With all the dangerous climate change going on, I started to wonder what effect the greenhouse effect will have on my greenhouse. I was so elated the other day that I actually was on cloud 10. When the people below on cloud 9 realized there was a cloud 10, they didn't appear as happy as being on cloud 9. I wonder if Fred Flintstone thinks it's weird that when he takes vitamins, they look just like he does. When people in the Bible stayed in hotel rooms, what book did they find in their nightstand drawer? When Geronimo jumped off a cliff, did he yell, Me! A few nights ago, my house caught on fire. Fortunately, I have a sprinkler system. The house still burned down, but my lawn looks great. You know how they say when you hold a seashell up to your ear you can hear the ocean? Well, a few nights ago I was in one of those honky tonk bars with the floor covered in peanut shells. So I bent down, picked up a shell, held it against my ear, and heard the sound of a choosy mother choosing jiff. After hearing that, I swore off tequila for the rest of my life. A few weeks ago I bought some cold medicine, but by the time I got it home, it was room temperature. Last Halloween, I went to a haunted house, and in the living room was one of those paintings of a man whose eyes followed you around the room. The odd thing was, it was a painting of Stevie Wonder. Last year, my friend took me to her Christmas party at the Chemical Factory. You know, the company that makes all those scary pesticides? Over the course of the five-hour party, I didn't see anyone drinking the punch. The mice in my house are super finicky and germ-conscious. The only chance I have of catching them is to fill the traps with individually wrapped crap singles. A few days ago, I came home with one of those computer viruses. I had 102 fever and my entire memory was erased. I wanted to look up a synonym for the word thesaurus, but I didn't know where to look. If you take a photo of an x ray, will your negatives turn out to be positives? If you serve a meal and the entree consists of parsley, what would you use to garnish it? Last month, I went deep sea fishing and caught a whale. But I threw it back because it wasn't big enough. Once a week, I turn the heat on the first floor of my house on and the AC on the second floor on so that the hot air rising meets the cool air settling and it rains and waters my plants. I had some trouble falling asleep last night, so I tried counting sheep jumping over a fence. Unfortunately, I made the fence so high they couldn't jump over it and their cries kept me up all night. I bet Stephen King and M. Night Shyamalan sleep with a nightlight on. My uncle wears a toupee with a bald spot to make it look more realistic. He became so enamored with toupees that he designed some for bald eagles. His bald eagle toupees were so realistic, they came complete with dandruff. My mom and dad have had a long, successful relationship, and that's because they understand their roles. My dad's the breadwinner, and my mom's good at winning cold cuts and cheese, so they had the ability to make great sandwiches. I did my part by winning my fair share of condiments. When I was little, my mom used to make me these incredible sandwiches and I asked her to cut up the middle because I only liked eating the crust. As a student, I was very politically active. During my senior year, I led a protest against prayer in school. Looking back on it, that was probably a mistake since at the time I was studying to be a rabbi. My parents weren't very religious, so we belonged to a Reformed temple. We were on the opposite end of the strict Orthodox as we prayed using the Cliff Notes version of the Bible. When I was growing up, my sister and I played jacks with the kind of jacks that you used to change your tires. Throwing the ball up in the air, letting it bounce, and catching it was pretty easy. But with the size and weight of those jacks, no one ever got past four Zs. When I was seven, I thought it was strange when my mom bought me a player piano. I thought it was even more strange when she made me take lessons. When I was growing up, we were so poor that my parents could only afford to buy us slightly defective used toys. I was the only kid on the blocks of a weeble that wobbled and did fall down. What kind of balls do moths use to protect their clothes from being eaten? When I was little, my family worked at the circus. When I turned 10, I wanted to run away from home, but I really didn't feel like joining another circus. When I turned 16, I had sex in the back seat of my car. Unfortunately, the driver's ed instructor was still in the front seat. At one point, he leaned over and said, that's not exactly what I had in mind when I said parallel parking. A few years ago, my 97-year-old grandfather was in a bad car wreck. When I went to see him in the hospital, he pulled me close and told me at that moment of the accident, his life flashed before him being 97. The flash took over three and a half hours. My dad's a great guy, but he always argues over finances. And he always goes old school and says, oh, you think you got it tough? When I was your age, I worked for 50 cents a day. I said, dad, not to be disrespectful, but you must have been dumb as a post. I mean, what do you do for 50 cents a day? Hear the alarm, wake up, turn it off, and go back to sleep. And at 50 cents a day, guess that explains why I've got $250,000 in student loans, eh, Rockefeller? Since every robber tends to be a guy, I recently installed a new foolproof security system at my house. No high priced cameras or monitoring system, just simple locks on all the doors and windows using bra clasps, as no guy can get those undone under pressure. I grew up in the 60s, and the first job I had was as a rolling paper boy. While the newspaper boys had to wrap rubber bands around the paper to keep it together, I just licked mine. Growing up, my dad was a third base coach on all of our Little League teams, and he took the job seriously. Even after our games, when we were back home, we never talked at the dinner table. He just kept giving us signs. One time I missed the pass the salt sign and had to run 200 laps around the table. Last week I saw a flock of really smart ducks flying south for the winter and you could tell they were super smart because they were flying in a cursive V. My girlfriend Sally left her old job to become a speech pathologist. She got really sick of selling seashells by the seashore. A few months ago I attended a pessimist convention held at a super nice hotel, but no one would go swimming because the pool is only half full. If prostitution is the world's oldest profession, does that make whacking off the oldest hobby? I recently installed one of those swinging doors for my pet so it could go out when it wanted to. Unfortunately, I have a goldfish. Well, I had a goldfish. I sleep with my glasses on so I can see clearly in my dreams. I attempted to write the great American novel, but I got stopped by a cop because my poetic license had expired. What product do you use to eliminate the scent of Lysol? Lysol. I've been on the road a lot lately, and I've been staying at those Motel 6s, but I don't need more since I can't get any sleep because that Tom Baudet character always leaves the lights on. My cousin Marty's a sadist vintner. He tortures his wine bottles by putting them on the rack. When I was growing up, they had this anti-drug commercial where they showed you an egg, and the voiceover said, this is your brain. Then they placed an egg in a frying pan, and it fried and splattered, and the voiceover said, and this is your brain on drugs. Well, I guess that was supposed to be a deterrent of sorts, but whenever I saw the commercial, I was so wasted that it always gave me the munchies. I remember when I turned 21, all my college frat brothers took me to this local pub, and we ordered grain alcohol punch on the rocks. And we could tell right away the bartender knew his shit because he served it to us in a large plastic garbage can. And to make it even more authentic, the can had a pair of underwear floating at the top. Last night, I had the pleasure of making love to a Chinese woman. Funny thing was, about an hour later, I was horny again. A few weeks ago, I was at a restaurant and I forgot my wallet, so the owner made me go in the back and wash dishes to pay my bill. And yesterday, I went to the dentist. After my examination, I said, sorry, I forgot my wallet. 20 minutes later, I was in the back filling cavities. I'm kind of excited because tomorrow I'm taking my girlfriend to the gynecologist. You know that saying referring to a good-looking woman? I wouldn't kick her out of bed for eating crackers. Well, last night I kicked my girlfriend out of bed for eating triscuits, naked, with our neighbor Larry, who was also naked. My uncle's been in and out of prison so often that before he sits in a chair, he checks to make sure it's not plugged in. In grad school, I completed a dual major in environmental design and theology. For my thesis, I made a burning bush. I don't think the Almighty was real happy about that because even though I got an A- for the class, I spent the following semester as a pillar of salt inside the mouth of a whale. When I was growing up, we never had a lot of money. We couldn't even afford to buy toys or games. On Cinco de Mayo, we had to use my Aunt Sally's butt for a piñata. To this day, I don't know how the hell she got all that candy in there. Admittedly, hitting Aunt Sandy was a tad easier than a regular piñata because every time you made contact, she let out a huge scream My dog, Eddie, is getting older, and he recently went blind. But I wanted him to still lead a normal life, so I got him one of those seeing eye cats. Surprisingly, he's staying in pretty good shape, because every time he goes out on a walk, it turns into a chase. And yesterday, I had to call the fire department to get the cat and Eddie out of a tree. My back was hurting, so I went to get an acupuncture treatment. I don't know how it works, but those little needles made me feel great. But when I got home, my voodoo doll was really pissed. He said, next time, try a massage. When I was little, I used white out to cover the spots on my Dalmatian, and now I painted black stripes on him. Our town had the only zebra to ever ride on a fire truck. Remember how in grade school you used to stuff a bunch of saltine crackers in your mouth and try to whistle? My friend Larry took that concept one step further. For his fifth grade science project, he put saltine crackers in a teapot, placed it on the stove and watched to see if it could whistle. Last I heard, Larry's still in therapy. A few days ago, I was at the beach and I picked up a seashell, held it against my ear, and I could hear the sound of an impending oil slick. My girlfriend's 28 and I'm 31, and they say men reached their sexual peak at 19 and women reached their sexual peak at 29. Maybe that explains why the batteries in my girlfriend's vibrator reached their peak at about two weeks. I used to sell wall-to-wall carpeting door-to-door. I was never home because I was traveling coast-to-coast. When I called the home office, I called person-to-person. My boss finally fired me because we didn't see eye to eye. In the last month, I've gotten seven parking tickets, but I figured out a way to avoid ever getting another one. A few weeks ago, I removed the windshield wipers from my car. But the cops have gotten sharper now, and they use that boot device that they attach to your tire if you've gotten too many tickets. But I outsmarted them again because just they removed the tires from my car. I got arrested one time for yelling the word theater at a crowded fire. I have a pet wolf that has a kinky fetish. Every so often, he likes to dress up in sheep's clothing. I have a pond on my property that contains some really stupid fish. These fish swim around in a correspondence school. Before I do laundry, I like to stuff a few dollars in the pockets of my clothes so I can be ecstatic later when I find it. When I'm broke and I still want the excitement, I write and stuff my pockets with IOUs. I have a pet chameleon. The only problem is I can never seem to find it. I was trying on a pair of pants in a department store changing room and I accidentally broke the two-way mirror on the wall. Fortunately, they didn't make me pay for the mirror, but now I've got 14 years bad luck. A fight broke out in the kitchen yesterday because one of the pots called the kettle black. And man, that kettle was steamed. I'm incredibly superstitious. For good luck, I keep an entire rabbit in my pocket. My dad likes to fish. His favorite fish to catch are those little goldfish crackers. His secret to catching them is the bait. He uses gummy worms. I just returned from a lovely week in Nantucket. The locals were incredibly friendly, but a bit long-winded as they all spoke in limericks. Every interaction started with, Yes, yeah, so let's get this out of the way. Once there was a man from Nantucket, and that man was me. I was on an ocean liner a few weeks ago, and a guy standing near me at the rail fell overboard. From the water, he yelled, hurry, throw me a lifesaver. So I grabbed one and threw it to him, and he yelled, back, thanks, but do you have anything other than the wintergreen? I went to the store to buy clothes for my mannequin, and there were real people in the window modeling clothing. Earlier today, I discovered the meaning of life, but I forgot to write it down. Bummer. Well, a few months ago, I was stranded on a desert island with five doctors, when suddenly a coconut fell from a tree and struck me in the head. The doctors rushed over to me, and four out of five of them gave me bare aspirin. The other one gave me a joint. Now he's my family doctor. Well, thanks for listening to another episode of Berg's Brain and the first installment of Berg's Brain Bits. I you know, hope you kind of like this little twist, this little change, of course. Yeah, you know, just For me, it's been kind of crazy, and it's been pretty damn fun to kind of look back at this original material from, I don't know, 30-plus years, and it's, I think it still holds up. It's still interesting. It's definitely... Kind of shows me my journey and where I've come and where I'm going to. And um, again, it's kind of interesting just to think of 30 years or more of uh, still writing, still performing, still doing it, which I'm really proud of and really happy to keep doing. Um, I will definitely keep this alive for as long as I possibly can. And uh, as always, I hope you enjoyed another Berg's Brain Ride. And please stay tuned for the next episode. I want to definitely say special thanks to my close friend, musical director, guitar legend, and Pittsburgh Steeler Diehard, Jeff Peapod Miller, And of course, if you like this episode of Berg's Brain and Berg's Brain Bits, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Check out our website at bergsbrain.buzzsprout.com. And if you want to touch base, email me at bergsbrainpod at gmail.com. Peepot, play us out on your new hit single, All Across New England, Stephen Wright is Wrong.